How's it going, everyone? This is the Scholarly Podcast, and in today's cast, we will be discussing the Second Great Awakening and how it tied into the American Revolution. The people discussing this topic will be myself, Joe Dupuy, Derek Frank, hey. and Andrew Gould. Howdy. First things first, let's talk about some key players in the Second Great Awakening. Throughout all revolutions, ways of thinking, and new interpretations or ideas, there are always leaders or very prominent figures throughout their entirety. Throughout the Second Great Awakening, there was what seemed to be two, two great figures making a change in the Great Awakening. These figures would be Charles Finney and Thomas Campbell. Charles Grandison Finney was born on August 29, 1792, and was one of, if not the most influential person who supported the Second Great Awakening. In October of 1821, he gave up his life as a luxurious lawyer to pursue his passion for his Lord. Charles was ordained Presbyterian in 1824 and immediately took action he saw necessary. Charles believed and preached to men, that men and women should be able to show for their passion and acceptance for Christ to the public and often gave these messages as more of a statement than a preacher like his previous job as a lawyer had taught him. He also criticized those who refused to publicly accept Christ, saying, You have taken your stand. You have rejected Christ and his gospel. Some people compared what Charles was doing to previous awakenings and most were happy, if not ecstatic, of the idea of going back to religious roots but other does not see the same way. The traditional Presbyterians believe that you can only worship the gospel if chosen by God himself. Finney, however, believed that anyone could become a Christian. The last thing, and I believe to be one of the most significant changes Charles made, was referred to as the new measures. This allowed men and women to pray in public meetings. He put a pew in the front of the church that was referred to as the anxious bench, where people who were nervous could pray to God, and allowed common or vulgar language. Most of these ideas were already in place, but Charles reinforced them and it angered many. Charles contributed an extreme amount to the Second Great Awakening, but there was also another who contributed just as much, Thomas Campbell. Thomas Campbell was born in February of 1763 and was the leader and was behind the idea of the Disciples of Christ, or better known as the Campbell Movement. Charles lived a simple life up until when he emigrated to the United States and settled in Pennsylvania. He stated that he made a document called the Declaration and Address. This document consisted of many different ways of living a Christian life. It stated they should start a group of free, opinion, free opinions and persecutions, that a small committee should manage the business side of things, meetings at least twice a year, and that the overall head of the church is and always will be Jesus Christ. This idea was carried on to the early 1900s, and it was mostly forgotten as re and remembered as an old way of life. There were many religious groups affiliated with the Second Great Awakening with some being more prominent than others. Even though the Second Great Awakening was a Protestant revival movement during the 19th century, more specifically 1790-1840, more, many other religions were involved. Protestantism was a form of Christian faith and practice and originated from the Protestant Reformation, which was a movement against what the followers considered quote-unquote wrong within the Roman Catholic Church. This forced them to leave the Roman Catholic Church all the way back in England, which, was, which will later tie into the Second Great Awakening. It started around 1790, gained momentum in the early 1800s, and after 1820, had reached its peak with memberships of Baptists and Methodists rising rapidly. The preachers of these denominations led the movement. It was past its peak of progression around the late 1840s and 50s, but to be more specific, around the 1830s is when the country's religious landscape had really changed. The Second Great Awakening was really a spiritual resurgence, which fundamentally changed the character of American at the start of the revolution, the larger, more popular denom denominations were Congregationalists and Anglicans, 
Congregationalists were the 18th century descendants of Puritan churches, and the Anglicans were known as Episcopalians after the Revolution. But by the 1800s, Evangelical Methodism and Baptists were becoming the better, I guess you could say, option for a denomination. Though the Second Great Awakening was not mainly known for the product it yielded, but what created those chances, which were the camp meetings and revival meetings. These are what made the Second Great Awakening so famous. These were what led huge amounts of people to change and convert to different religions, depending on which person or persons you went to go hear preach from, through an enthusiastic style of preaching and audience participation. Here is a prime example of an optimistic and intense atmosphere. A young man who attended one of these revival meetings wrote about his experience, and I quote, The noise was like the roaring of Niagara Falls. The vast sea of human beings seemed to be agitated as if by storm. I counted seven ministers, all preaching at one time, some on stumps, others on wagons. Some of the people were singing, others praying, some crying for mercy. A peculiar, strange sensation came over me. My heart beat tumultuously, my knees trembled, my lips quivered, and I and I felt as though I might fall to the ground. As you can see, these revival meetings ultimately changed people's perspective on religion and spiritual, physically and mentally moved everyone who attended them. Therefore, making the Second Great Awakening one of the biggest reasons of religious conversion in U.S. history. The Temperance Society started out with a bunch of people pledged, pledging that they would never drink alcohol around 1836. These people were important because temperance was the main movement of the Second Great Awakening. So these people got motivated and started preaching their hearts out. Another plus to the movement was that it encouraged people to make better choices and for you not to say, hold my beer. So these people spread out through America, helping this revival of this Protestant religion. When someone decided that they wanted to join this revival and join the Temperance Society, they joined the Cold Water Army. And this pledge signified that you are now not going to drink. Also, the reason it was called the Cold Water Army was because when you joined, the only thing you would drink is cold water. People saw this act as a good one, and there are many documents stating where if some where someone was saying how even children would come up to them and ask to join this cold water society. Therefore, people were flocking this organization like crazy and trying to join it, which is why the American Temperament Society is one of the more important roles in the Second Great Awakening. However, when things got around the slave topic, some people didn't agree very much with the society. As you all know, slavery is a huge money-making business. Some of the people believed that slaves were not the children of God, and others thought otherwise. A man named e Elijah Lovejoy was a writer and an abolish. On November 7, 1837, he was murdered by a group of pro-slavery men, and his printing press was destroyed. His, his death sparked a fire in some northerners because many deeply cared for him. This is one reason why the Civil War started. Second Great Awakening acted to pull people together, and it did, however, for the fact that so many people disagreed on a single topic. This still happens today. Two groups of people argue over a topic, and it gets nowhere. The Northerners believed that all slaves should be freed, and the Southerners believed that they shouldn't. This was due to the fact that the Southerners were making a huge profit from the slaves and not as much as the Northerners. The Second Great Awakening tried to abolish slavery, revive religion, and give women more rights.
thank you guys for tuning in. Really appreciate it. Catch you next time. This is Joe Dupuy. Catching you later. Garrett Spring. Hey. And Andrew Gould. Ow. Later, guys. <laughs>